and a mirror. What's up, everybody? My name's Tyler Dunn. I'm coming to you super extra. Aladjaladisho. I don't know how to say it. But I'm live. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm bringing everything I got on this episode. We're live on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, today is going to be a great day. All right. Today's going to be a super fantastic day. All right, because I got a lot of stuff to share with you guys today. We're going to be talking about, um, real quick, I'm going to give you an update on things that happened in my life today that has uh, boosted me to a whole nother level today, all right? And we're going to be talking about two great topics today. We're going to be talking about uh, building loyalty and are things really too late to change, all right? And I have a good example for you on the last one on uh, are things too, too late to really change. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to update you on some things that happened today. Um, I got an 80% on my, uh, my last accounting test, which I didn't think I was going to do. Uh, I studied pretty, I studied kind of late, but at the same time, um, the one kid that sits next to me pretty, like he pretty much does pretty well on the, on the study guides and everything. And I thought, I thought he told me he got a 70, uh, yeah, 70, which is a C. So I was like, oh man, if he got a 70, I probably definitely didn't pass this test. I thought maybe possibly a C, but if he had a 70, I probably got a D. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself. So like what ended up happening was I checked it and I got an 80%, which is like, which is good because the last test I didn't do, I got a 94 in the first test. The second test I got a 65, I believe, which is a D. And then this one I got an 80. So there's one more test. And then a final. Now, the final is a lot harder because it goes from chapter one all the way to chapter nine. All right. And it's going to be a challenge. But if I can do pretty decent on the, the final and then do like an A or a B on this next one, I can drop the lowest test grade. So I'll drop to 65 and then I'll be able to pass. And I have, I think, an 85% on homework. Um, and I have another example of what happened today. Uh, but that's gonna. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to the last topic, which is: Are things really too late to change? It's one of those things where I, I wasn't gonna do it, and then I did it, and I and I, I didn't think it was gonna happen in the past. So um, that's accounting. Work's getting obviously a lot better. I'm, I'm meeting a lot more people. Uh, and then, like, I'll, and it's funny too because today I wore purple. I don't think I've wore. I, I don't think I wore the purple yet at work. And I wore purple and like uh, the one lady that works there is like, oh man, like you always look good. Like you always look great. You dress like, you dress great. Um, I've had this other guy that I don't think I, I sit on this show, but I had this other guy come up to me randomly and he's like, hey, he's like, I have a, he's like, um, you always have like those nice ties on. And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know where you shop, but he's like, my name's, and by the way, like before he even started, he was like, I just really like your ties. Like, where do you get them? And in that moment, the salesperson inside of me snapped and I was like, I put my hand out and I was like, my name's Tyler. Uh, what's your name? I'm like, it's a, pl and then he's like, Tyrone. I'm like, Tyrone, it's a pleasure to meet you. I was like, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, I get these ties at JCPenney's and Macy's. I was like, that's where you want to go. I was like, are you trying to, you're you going to start dressing out in ties now? And he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I just have a special event that's going on this weekend. And I just, I always notice you have like the really nice ties on. He's like, I just need ties for uh, special occasions. And he's like, that's why I wanted to ask you. So just letting you know, that's how I know the dressing up is actually working. Like the, it, it's picking out the people that care and it's taking the people that don't care and it's pushing them to a whole nother side. And that's the whole point of it too, is like, 
people that are going to stop and talk to me. See, the other thing I do too at this job, which I'm sure a lot of you probably don't do, which is why like I do it, is uh, I'll walk into the, the corporate office and everyone I see, whether it's someone smoking a cigarette outside, whether it's someone on their phone outside, whether it's a security guard opening the door for me, I always smile at them and go, good morning. or good. It's mostly in the morning. I, I work in the morning. So I'm like, good morning. How are you? And they'll look at me and they'll smile back and they'll go, good morning. I'm doing well. How about you? Right? And the, and the reason I'm doing that, by the way, is not, is not to just, uh, not just, like, it's, all, it's to get them to realize, like, to, to notice me. But in the same sense, if I can get them to stop what they're doing for a second and acknowledge me, and say hello back, it makes me feel good as a person too, right? So it's almost like a, it's, it's almost like a double pleasure where you're, you're introducing some happiness into that person's life because most people won't do that. They won't say good morning or hello or um, smile at you. So I'm like, I'm just going to try to do that. I'll stand out and at the same time, I'll feel good about myself because I actually attempted to go and, and do that, right? Because most people are kind of nervous. They don't really want to do that. Oh, this person's not going to respond back to me. Um, I, go, I go in with the attitude like I don't care right? I'm like, all right, if he doesn't respond back to me, it's whatever. Um, but so that, that's what I've been doing recently. I've, and there's this one guy every single morning I get there at nine in the morning. Uh, it's a security guy and he'll open the door for you. So you put your key card in and he'll open the door. Now, the next step that I need to do, which I haven't done, which is, uh, you know, just stupid on my part is I have to get the guy's name. And what I have to do is every single time he opens the door, I have to, if his name is like, let's say like, uh, Neil, I'd be like, thank you, Neil, so much for opening this door. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your morning, right? And the reason you want to do that too is because you want to you want him to you want to acknowledge him that you know his name, because most people probably don't even ask him for his name. People probably just say thank you, thank you, sir. Have a good rest of your morning, right? But if I can acknowledge him and be like, hey, Neil, and and form that personal relationship with him and be like, I appreciate you, Neil, right? And it's almost like I'm taking time out of my day to acknowledge the security guy. He's, he's going to be like, oh, man, like, like, who is this kid, right? That's what I'm trying to do at this job. I'm trying to stand out when everyone else is, is staying still. That, and that's the point I'm trying to make to you. Like, if you're working a job, no matter where you're working, try to remember names. Try to remember names. Um, address people by names. That's something I read in this book. Um, I actually have the book right here. Hang on. I got this, I got this book from my uncle. All right. It's how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. All right. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm like half, uh, I think I'm like, yeah, I'm like halfway through this book, but my uncle who's a salesperson gave me this book. All right. And you can tell it's really old by the pages. They're, they're very like outdated pages. And when I first got this, I'm like, Oh man, this book's really old. Right. Like they don't even make pages like this anymore. And, I, and I'm like, I'm going to read it. And like, that was one thing I read in there where they said, uh, most people make excuses for not remembering people's names. And I used to do this all the time. I used to be like, I'm not good at remembering. My mind can't hold, uh, my, my mind can't remember the names. And I would, and I basically blame it on bad memory. And it's just because you don't practice. It's like a muscle. You got to practice the memory. Right. And they said what you, how you can build this skill. I'll pass this off to you guys. Uh, cause most people probably don't even read that book. So I'll pass off the skill. What they say to do is when you go to like Publix or Walmart or any super center or anything that's customer um, service driven where they have a name tag, um, I like do this at Publix, right? Or Walmart, wherever you shop for a super center. 
and just be like, when, when the cashier's checking you out, look at the name tag and address them by the name tag. And let's say their name tag is uh, Natalia. Be like, thank you so much, Natalia. I appreciate it. You have a great day. And that's how, and that's how you, that's how you remember names. That's how you get better at addressing people by names is, um, you start looking at the name tags and you start addressing them. And like, you know how many, you know how many people pass that cashier and probably don't even acknowledge her or say, thank you, Natalia. And, and her name's right on the, right on the little apron or on the, on the shirt, the right side of the shirt. Um, and that's what they were saying in that is like, if you can learn how to address people by their names, people, people like will notice you differently because most people don't do that. That was one of the things that was in that book. And I started doing it too, like all the time. Like I'd go to like a pizza place and order something and like, um, and even if they didn't have a name tag, I'd even get more bolder and be like, uh, I, I like if let's say they don't have a name tag on, I'd be like, and I'm ordering a, a slice of pizza and I go in there and I'm like, I'm like, thank you so much. I'm like, your name is what? And then they'll be like, oh, my name's Neil. And I'll be like, oh, thank you so much, Neil. My name's Tyler. Thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate you taking my order. Right. But that, you know, that takes a little bit more courage. So if, even if you wanted to start off just doing the name tag thing, um, I highly recommend doing that. But if you like, you should practice, like, even if there is no name tag, introducing yourself, that is like a key element in life in general. It's not business. It is mostly business, but in general, if you want to build better connections, you want to be a better human being, you want people to look at you differently than everyone else, start learning names and addressing people by names because it, it, it takes a, it takes a certain um, memory and it takes a certain skill to be able to do that. And even though it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a lot, like, oh yeah, anyone could do that. But most people don't do it is what I'm trying to tell you. Like most people don't address people by names. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I can update you on. But those are like the two big things, work and college right now, right? Those are my two big things. Done deal investments, like I'm, I'm building it as I go. But I need in order to get to get to where I want to get, excuse me, done deal investments. I need to get through this college class. All right. I've been in college for about four years now and I don't have a, I don't have the two year degree. Um, and it's time to get that degree. All right. And I am determined to put everything aside and, and pass that accounting class only we're in April now. So I only have about maybe two weeks left. We're about to do the last test and then it's a final, like right after that week. All right. Um, and I think the class ends in April 22nd. So I'm basically at the finish line. I've got, I hit the halfway point. Um, we took the third test. So we're really, we're really past the halfway point, like maybe like a third into it, like a, yeah, like a third into it. Now the, um, so that this is like, I'm doing, I'm doing stuff, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. All right. Hopefully you're building yourself up. Hopefully you're, uh, you're motivating yourself. Hopefully you're doing a lot of stuff. That's, that's like towards self-improvement. I hope you're doing that. I hope, hope you're learning something when you watch these shows, um, and, and podcasts and episodes, but you know, if you're not doing anything and maybe you're, you're trying to take baby steps, that's okay too. But just no matter what, just keep progressing, keep going, keep moving forward. Um, don't slow down. Keep trying to speed up. Keep going forward and, and never quit. All right. Never, ever quit. Just keep going for what you want. And that, and that's really the most important thing I can give you is like, I've, I've been at rock bottom before I've seen it. It's not fun. I don't want anyone else to be in that position. That's why I started the goals and updates to change your mindset. Cause that's what it takes. The mindset is key. If you don't have the mindset. You got nothing. You'll never make it. 
And most people don't, I'd say 90% of people don't have the mindset. So you need to change the way you're thinking. All right. You need to, you need to build a better mindset, a more positive one, not a negative one. The, po- the positivity is the key. All right. If you could be optimistic in the worst times, like if there, if there is a meteor strike outside, all right. And then, and, and a, a meteor is going to hit the earth. Would you be the one to panic and cause chaos? Or would you be the calm one that's trying to figure out a solution on how to survive and get the people that you love um, to safety and, and have them survive it too with you? All right. That's what I'm talking about. You, you got to be, you got to, and that's a mindset. Most people would freak, freak out. Most people would like literally drop everything they're doing and like probably cry. They wouldn't even figure out a solution. They'd just be like, it's over. It's done. Right. So you, you need to build that mindset. Now, we're going to go into these two topics. And the, the first one is build loyalty. Now, what I mean by loyalty is like, this goes more with like relationships, whether it's friends, family, um, like a real relationship, like a boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship, marriage, anything, right? You, you got to build, you got to build that relationship off of loyalty. Now it is hard. Like, I, like I'm going to probably, it's probably going to sound easy the way I'm going to present it to you. But it is. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of patience. The patience is the biggest key point on this. And you got to put them sometimes before, before yourself in certain elements. So loyalty, to me, I'm going to give you the definition of loyalty in, in, my, um, in my opinion. I, I, you know, I, don't have a de- I don't have a clear definition that I looked up from the dictionary. This is my definition on loyalty. So my definition of loyalty is that you, it's something where you build – right? It's something, a connection between two people and, and that no matter what happens, you built so much loyalty with that person that nothing, nothing can break the tie. All right. If something bad happened, you can get past it and it won't, it won't affect you because you built, you've already built that foundation of loyalty. And um, I'm trying to think if I can add on to that, but that's pretty much my definition. You got to build something that's unbreakable. And, and what I, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Sometimes and when in the beginning, like in high school, I never, I never really thought about loyalty, building loyalty. I just always like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to be a, I'm going to be a decent human being, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I can. Um, just because, you know, that's, that's where I was, that's where I was really raised. I was, I was raised a, a Catholic, which is what really builds that foundation for me is um, I understand like you're supposed to give back. You're supposed to help people that might not have um, as much as, as you have. And then at the same time, um, I was built in a, in a foundation or a family that was very, um, very close, extremely close. Like I'm very close to my grandparents, very close with um, my uh, aunts and uncles. And uh, we would go to like family, like family, um, you know, like a family event would happen and then you'd see the connections being really close together between like the families and you'd meet like other people within the families and then those ties would be connected into these ties, right? And what I realized is uh, when I was brought into these connections, this family connection, it was all based on loyalty. Like these people would do whatever they had to do for that other person that was in that room with them. That was family, right? And, uh, you know, I, I come from a background of Italians uh, both both my parents are uh, Italian-based backgrounds. Um, I have a little bit of uh, German, Irish. Um, I, th- I think it's German, Irish, and Italian. I don't think there's anything else. But the Italian background is, is very family-oriented. 
right? And this is why I get, I, I'm really attracted to different cultures that, that are very family oriented. Like I was very attracted to, um, when I was dating, um, my ex-girlfriend who was Viet, Vietnamese, I was really attracted to the way the, the family culture was involved, right? The family was very close. They all knew each other, right? Whether they liked each other or not, they all knew each other. They kind of had somewhat of a rela relationship with one another. Um, the same thing with the, the Greek culture, which uh, that's why I'm really good friends. Like I built um, loyal friends with uh, Jimmy, Costa, and Stella and within, within their family, right? Was because their culture is all family built. It's all family oriented. It's all about that strong family bond and connection, right? So I fit in, I fit in literally like a glove, right? And I probably, I probably stuck out like a sore thumb within their family, but I still managed to be like, Hey, like, I don't really care. Like, um, you know, whatever you guys need, you guys let me know. Right. So the point that I'm trying to make is you want to build loyalty. And I've, I've done this over and over and over again over and over and over again, right? I meet someone and I try to do what I can to help that person. And if that person helps me in the end, the person helps me in the end. But I don't expect anything. That's rule number one. When you're building loyalty relationships, don't expect anything from the other person. Just give, right? Just give. And that, that one, a lot of people will probably disagree with is just the giving part. Um, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Like, I don't want to give, 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 and then I don't receive, right? Um, I don't do that with relationships. I don't go, all right, this person owes me this, this person owes me that, this person has to do this because I did this from, which most people do, by the way. Um, they expect something in return. I don't do that, all right? I, I believe that no one owes me anything. Not a single soul on this planet Earth owes me one damn thing, all right? And that's something that you should be putting in, in, in your head in the sense of no one owes you anything. If you can do that, You'll, build, you'll have no problem building um, loyalty within people because uh, you'll just keep giving. And there's a saying, I actually, I actually uh, told this to Costa, um, but there's a saying, if you can give more than, than, than you receive, or um, you give more than you take is the saying. You give more than you take, you'll be the wealthiest person in the world. Why? Because if you give, 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 eventually you'll start receiving a bunch of stuff. And people, and it'll be like, people want to give you stuff, right? Um, a couple examples is, uh, you know, when I did the fish fry, like I said in the last episode, or uh, episode 69, I went in and, and I've been volunteering for different things for a while now. Like I'd say maybe like six, seven months, I've been doing different types of projects, volunteering. And it just so happened that the one time I went in to, uh, you know, go to church and volunteer and do some dishes for the fish fry, um, the guy, Kevin, who was a mechanic wanted to help me with, uh, with the motor that's been sitting in my garage for a year. And I was just going to take the motor off. This is my plan. Uh, before I ran into him, I, I said, I was going to take the motor off and sell the bike for as much money as I could get it for. I think the bike's worth like a hundred, probably sell it for 70, 80 bucks, and then just try to pawn off the motor and be, and just sell it to like a mechanic and be like, Hey, like here, uh, this, this motor works. I just, it, I just can't get it to run anymore and then sell it for like 15, 20 bucks, right? And I paid like, I think I probably paid like 70 or 80 bucks for the motor, maybe a little bit more, right? And I was just gonna pawn it off for like 10 or like the lowest bidder or like whatever, right? Um, or the highest bidder that would give me more money for it. And, um, but I knew it was gonna be hard. Like I, I wouldn't be able to sell that for a hundred bucks, right? Cause like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with it. Like it's not working. You can't sell it for full market value or like at least uh, cl like close to it. 
So when I went in there and I volunteered, he popped out of the blue, right? He just, it randomly just put together. He was like, oh, like, and he probably, he probably looked at me and said, wow, this is a, this is a young kid, right? Because I don't, I don't look old. Uh, most people think I'm way younger than when I tell them 23. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 23. And they're like, damn, yo, you look a lot younger than 23. And then, uh, you know, I started talking to him, a very nice guy, and he just said, hey, I'll, I'll work on that engine. You just got to take it off the bike and, and bring it to my house and just agree on a date and text me and call me or whatever and we'll, and just bring it over and I'll, I'll look at it and maybe I can fix it, right? Tell you what, what at least is wrong with it, and then you can try to fix it. So I'm like, so, so the point of the matter is I went and did something nice. I volunteered, didn't expect anything out of it, and got something in return for helping out in the kitchen, right? And, and that's the point I'm trying to make to you guys is I didn't expect anything. I just expected to go in there, do dishes and, you know, pay my dues to society and the community that, you know, goes there and eats. And uh, it, it ended up being a rewarding experience. I ended up getting something out of working for free for uh, three or four hours for free. Right. So the point of the matter is you got to start, you got to start expecting nothing from people. If you can start expecting nothing from people and you can go into an environment and, and be the hardest working person, or you can go in there and try to do everything for that person as much as humanly possible that you're, that you can do, or you're capable of doing that person will eventually reward you. Right. Um, and that's, I'm telling you, that's what I do. When I go into these jobs, I never, I never go into a job when I'm going in for a job interview and say, this is what I want. I go, I'm, and I never go like, I'm here for myself. I always go, I'm here for you guys. You guys let me know whatever you want me to do at this job. I'll do it for you. That person over there doesn't want to do it. You give it to me. I'll do it for you. And I'm not expecting money. I'm not expecting a raise. I'm not expecting that person to be happy that I'm doing it. The reason I'm doing it is because I have complete, I completely tuned out the fact that I'm going to get something out of it. Right. I completely tune that out and be, and I'm just like, I'm just going to outwork people. Like I'm going to, I'm going to help this company get to wherever this company wants to go. And may, and maybe, and maybe this company might reward me down the road. No guarantees in life, right? There's no guarantee I'm going to get a raise. There's no guarantee that they're going to promote me and I can move to a different department. There's no guarantees that uh, I'll be the most successful person in the world, right? Um, there's no guarantees whatsoever. Remember nothing in this world, you, you don't, you, you don't just get things. You, you get what you deserve. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, if I work hard, if I stay true to myself, I stay loyal to the people around me and I don't backstab them. I don't rip them off. I don't, um, which, which you'll see a lot. All right. I've, I, I've been there, done that. All right. That's why my last relationship, I was really shocked when, uh, I told, I told the person that I was with and I was like, look, I've been used. I've been abused. I've been, uh, I've been into situations where I had, I stuck with them because I felt bad for him. Um, I, I've, I've been through almost any type of relationship you can think of. All right. And in the worst situations possible. And, uh, I said, I, I, I won't quit on myself. I, I, I won't, I won't keep going on with this relationship only for the fact that it's gonna, it, it's not fair to me and I'm not going to quit on myself to basically, to basically save you. Like I, like, I, like I can't quit on myself, my goals, my values, my hopes and dreams um, for someone that doesn't want to self-improve yourself. 
right? For someone that I'm trying to do the best I possibly can with and I'm trying to help you as best I can without quitting on myself and you don't care. And uh, that took, I'm telling you guys, it took a lot of courage because I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave, I didn't want to leave that person. All right. I really didn't want to leave that person. All right. Cause then, then you, then you're on your own again. And I'm like, damn, you yeah, now I got to restart the clock again. I got to restart the whole situation I was in before. And, uh, and I, and I did care about that person. All right. I did love that person. And I was like, but I won't quit on myself. I love myself more. And I've been in the, I've been in those situations where the other person doesn't think that way. Another person's like, you know, it's just about me. It's, it's, it's all about me and not you. And, uh, that's what, you know, that's why it was easier for me to do it than probably the average person. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make there, I'm not trying to make it a sap story or whatever. I'm trying to tell you, like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work on yourself, right? And loyalty is all about working on yourself to the point where you can help other people. And uh, you have to, that's where the mindset comes in. Because if you can have that strong mindset, you can build loyalty relationships, which, which will eventually turn into like loyalty family, right? Because I, I like to think of it as like a, a pyramid, right? Your family's at the top, your friends are maybe like midway through, and then you just have the, the other people that you see at work, um, maybe like, maybe uh, um, co-workers that you work with, maybe people at church that you just say hi to once in a while and shake their hands during mass. Uh, maybe you volunteer somewhere and see them once in a while, but you really don't stay in contact with them or you don't really, you don't know them to a certain extent outside of whatever you're doing. Those are, those are the people at the bottom, all right? Then you have your friends in the middle that you, like, you trust to a certain degree, depending on who it is. Then you have your family and your family are where your loyalty um, relationships are because those are the people that you die for, right? I would die for my family. If something happened, I, I, I would do whatever it, t whatever it took to help my family, right? I don't know about you guys, but that's what I, I you know, that's 110% what's locked in my brain. Um, family comes first no matter what in my mind, all right? You can always build a friendship back up. You can always get more friends, but you can't, you can't build more family in the sense of um, close family, all right? Family is not replaceable. Friends are replaceable in a sense, all right? You can always make another friend. You can't make more family in the sense of, uh, you know, I, I create more family, but um, they, it's not as easy as you think. Like, you can't just say, oh, my friend's a family member, right? Um, but the whole point that I'm trying to make is, like, the people that I keep extremely close, I consider family. People that I consider, you know, like, like, I don't really consider family. I consider a friend. And the people that are, like, coworkers and people that I don't really see outside of work and maybe I see most of the time because of work or something – I can just I consider those people others, all right? There's only, in my mind, there's only three categories. But the way that you want to do it is in order to build the friendship to family status or loyal, like loyal, loyal um, relationship, you, like you got you to gotta put them before yourself majority of the time. And you have to consistently just tell yourself, like, this person doesn't owe me anything. And like, um, and I think that's why, like, like I was having this conversation with Ashma a while, um, a while ago and, um, the com the conversation went, um, uh, the, the conversation went, um, I'm trying to think cause I was reading this comment and it busted me off, but I was, anyways, I was with Ashma and we were talking about, um, friendships and stuff like that and the, I had like Fabrizio or and Brian on here and they're saying they were getting like used 
they're getting used by their friends, right? They're, uh, the, the women, their women friends, they're getting used by them because they're buying them drinks. They're buying them all this stuff. And then they're expecting something to happen. And then, uh, they end up, they basically just use them for the drinks, right? So the whole point, cause that, that, that's never, I mean, it's happened to me in the past, but it doesn't happen to me anymore now. Right. But, uh, the whole, the whole point of this story is they didn't build, those aren't loyal family or they're not even, I wouldn't even consider that a friend, by the way. I don't consider that a friend. I consider that other because your friends wouldn't do that to you, by the way. And if, if your friends are doing that to you, they're, they're using you and abusing you and, um, they're, they're not, they don't really care. Right. And they're just using you for like what you have. Uh, it's not a friend. Drop that person, get rid of them right away. It's not even worth your time. Been there, done that, not worth your time. And if you're expecting me to say something else, then this isn't the show for you because I'm going to be blunt and honest with you. It's, it's not worth your time. Uh, you can, you can make another friend, right? So the, the whole point that I'm trying to make with this is you, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere and build yourself, build the relationship up. And, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. So I was thought that's what we were talking about with Ashma and me and Ashma, by the way, um, never had any type of conflict before. Right. I've never once, uh, I hit her up and said, like, you know, we never, we never got into fights before. We've never done the the thing like, um, it's always been kind of equal or fair, I'd say. And like, it's never been a, I've never been stressed out with Ashma. I've never been in a position where I'm like, damn, yo, like she screwed me out of something or vice versa. I hope she doesn't feel that way either. But, um, that, that's, that's someone that I would consider family, right? She, like she earned the title of family. Uh, Costa and Jimmy by far have earned that title. Stella by far, right? Uh, th- those people have had my back since uh, nine years ago, right? And um, never once have stolen from me, backstabbed me and, and, uh, to someone else. Uh, uh, it, it, that, that's what you're looking for. Someone that, that is very loyal in the sense of like, they're not going to backstab you. They're not going to, if a situation arose and they had to pick themselves or you, they're not just going to say, well, you know, screw you, Tyler. I'm going to go and do, and do, uh, and do this for my, myself um, in the sense of like, you're going to get completely sabotaged or hurt. Now, if it's something like a job opportunity or it's something that he has to do for self-improvement for himself, it's a whole different story. But what I'm trying to tell you is if it's something where it's going to bounce back on you as a person, right? It's going to bounce back on you as a person and and it's going to completely screw you over and they, and they, and they don't even hesitate to even do it. They're just like, you know, um, whatever, like I got to do it for me. Right. Uh, it goes to show you that they're, they're completely, they're completely selfish in the sense of like, they, they don't, they don't really care about you. Like deep down inside, they don't really care. All right. And that, and that's not what you want to build. It's not who you want around you. That's not going to help you with the positive mindset. Um, it's going to, you're going to basically need them and they're never going to be there. Um, and, uh, it, it's just, it's not worth your time, Like in a whole, and in all honesty, it's not worth your time. Um, I've been through crazy relationships like that where, uh, you know, I needed them. They weren't there, but every single time they needed something, I, I did it for them. All right. Um, the, the other thing I can tell you too, is, uh, this is like relationships this is friendships. This is, uh, um, I haven't really had it too much in family cause I, I don't really like, I don't really call my family up for, uh, for things. Right. 
Um, that's another thing that I do too, is like, I never call anyone unless I completely need them for something. So like, if, uh, you know, I don't call people for money. I don't call people for, uh, things I need in the sense of like, I can't do it myself. Right. So that's something maybe you should take into consideration too. Like I, I wouldn't call your family members like, Oh, I want to get this video game or I want to go get this car. Or, I want to go do this and I need money and call them up and get money. I don't do that. Why? Cause it causes problems within the relationship. But I, I don't do, I don't, I don't do anything that's going to risk the, that's going to risk the, um, the family, the, 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 the relationship between the family and myself. Right. Um, unless it, unless you have to, like, I mean, if you really need a car, let's say you really need a car to get uh, home to work to school and it's like an investment for yourself, right? Cause you're going to need transportation and you're determined to pay them back and they, you know, and, and you know, like it's not going to cost too much of a, an issue then do that. I, I would definitely do that, but that's only if you need to, I was having this conversation a while ago with um, my cousin. All right. We were sitting in the car. Uh, it was, um, it was my aunt, his mom's birthday, all right? And we're at my grandparents' house in uh, uh, Palm Beach Gardens, all right? And what ended up happening was we had to go get wine for the occasion. So he's, I tagged with him to go to um, Total Wines and get this bottle of wine. Or I think we went to Publix, actually. But we're in the car, and we were having this conversation about, like, family. And we're having this conversation on um, when you actually go and, and ask for like money or anything like that. Cause he, he moved to Alabama. So he's in Alabama right now. He just recently moved. He's moved to like Ireland and uh, couldn't get a, a, a permanent visa to go stay over there. Now he's in Alabama. Um, but he was telling me like, you know, like I've been building my savings up to move to Alabama. And he's like, uh, even though I have that backbone of my parents, like I'll never ask my parents for money unless it, completely comes down to it. Like, unless I'm literally struggling to the point where they're going to shut the lights off or like, I'm not gonna have a place to live or something happens where I absolutely have to reach out to them for money. And I said, yeah, like I 110% agree with you. Um, that was my mindset when I first moved out, but I'm never going to ask my parents for money unless it's an absolutely dire emergency. Right. Um, there's a little bit more reasons on my side why I wouldn't do it. Uh, just because, um, with, with my family, it's kind of one of those things where uh, they, they kind of do hold it against you, right? You'll never hear the end of it. Um, that, that's one thing. But the other thing too is like, I never want to sabotage that relationship due to money issues. Because that's the one thing you don't want to, you know, you don't want those problems where you're like, oh, I need money. And then maybe you really do need money the second time. And they're like, they're like, oh, like you always ask for money. Like what's going on? Like uh, you using drugs, you doing this, right? And they just automatically assume things. Um, and I, I never, I don't want that strain on that, on that family relationship at all. I don't want anything touching that family relationship. Um, that's going to weaken, uh, the relationship in, in general. Now, um, I'm trying to think if, uh, so yeah, so my cousin basically was talking about that. Um, I, I, could, I guess that could be an example for you. The, I'm trying to think if I can give you another example. Um, I can give you this example, which is like what completely destroyed this one kid's like relationship with uh, one of my other friends. Um, this was between my one friend, Jimmy, who I told you I consider family. And then uh, it was between this other kid that no one, no one considers as, like everyone dropped him as a friend. All right. And what this kid would do is he would chronologically lie. So he would go to, let's say, let's say I was hanging out with him. He would trash talk all the other people. 
then I'd go somewhere else. And let's say he hung out with uh, the other kid that was in the group. He'd then start trash talking me, trash talk the other people that were in the group to that guy. So what ended up happening was, um, I'm going to give you another example from the same person in a minute. But what happened is we would all hang out and, and the kid, Matt, wouldn't be there. All right. The kid wouldn't be there. And we'd all be like um, talking about some type of topic. And we would be like, oh, like that reminds me when Matt said this. Right. And then everyone would be talking about what Matt said behind the other person's back. So we would all talk about what this one kid's saying about each and every one of us. And we're not hanging out with him. Um, so what happened with that person? That person ended up getting dropped because everyone knew he was a fake person. Eventually, those people exposed themselves over time. Right. Um, and uh, like eventually everyone dropped him. Everyone was like, all right, like I can't trust this kid as far as I can throw him, can't throw him very far. And everyone sort of dropping him. Now, the one thing that he did was, which was the stupidest thing in my mind, which might help you shed some light on stuff is, uh, my, um, when I, this is when I was living in the apartment and I was living with this kid. All right. My one friend that I told you guys was family, Jimmy came over and spent the night cause he, he travels all over the place and does carpentry work with his family is, uh, his, um, Stepdad owns a carpentry business or like a flooring business or construction. And what ended up happening was I ended up, he ended up staying with us for a couple, like a night or two. And what ended up happening was my friend ended up bringing some of his belongings. And basically what happened was like the next morning, my, my, uh, my roommate, which was the kid that everyone dropped as a friend, uh, Matt or whatever, he ended up going, he went to work. And what happened was we all crashed that one night and we're all like, all right, we're not working the next day. So we're just going to like stay up late and then we'll just crash and then wake up and do whatever. Well, my, uh, the kid that I was rooming with Matt ended up going to bed. And then I guess he woke up before all of us and he ended up stealing the belongings of Jimmy. All right. So what ended up happening was of course we get up you know, he goes to work and like, we're all sleeping for another two hours after he left and we wake up and, and my friend Jimmy, um, my friend Jimmy goes, uh, Hey, like, have you guys seen, have, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen that. Like I just woke up and he's like, all right, like, it's kind of weird. I put it right over here. Well, everyone was sleeping. So we obviously knew it could only be two people. It could only be Matt who, who left early and cleaned up. And we all saw him clean up. Cause like he woke us up halfway through or his friend. So my, uh, so Jimmy gives the guy, Matt, a call and he goes, no, man, I didn't see that. And, and Jimmy was pissed like, cause Jimmy knows like he didn't, like you wouldn't just throw it out. Right. You wouldn't just throw it out. He knows like me and uh, my other friend, Eric were sleeping and it has, it has to be either uh, Matt or the, or Matt's friend. Right. So he's pissed. He calls up Matt again. He's like, yo, look, he's like, if you're lying to me and I find out you're lying to me, I'll never, I'll never be your friend again. And like, it, it's over with. He's like, so you better, you better confess basically. Cause I either know it's you or the other kid. And he ends up confessing. And I see like Jimmy go into Matt's room and get, and, and get the belongings that, that were his. Right. So what did that, what did that instantly tell you about Matt? He's not a real friend, right? Uh, he instantly lied to the one person that's done a lot of stuff for him over the years. At that point, we were probably friends with Jimmy for, uh, um, probably like five or six years at that point, maybe even seven. You could probably go like, yeah, probably like seven. And, and the whole point of the matter is that he was friends with this one guy for seven years. And, and Jimmy's done a lot of stuff for us, by the way. And uh, if, if he was going to steal from someone like Jimmy, he was going to steal from all of us, right? He wasn't someone that you wanted to trust. 
So the point that I'm trying to tell you in the story is uh, sometimes you have to do the hard things and let certain people go. Sometimes people really aren't good for you and, that, and they're, they're not loyal. You're, you can't build loyalty with those people. There's some people you can't build loyalty with, all right? Um, I, like you just can't. Like, like, cause you can't change people. People have to be willing to change. Right. Um, and, and, and the fact, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, you might change, but the person next to you might not want to change. And that's going to cause a lot of issues too. Cause you're going to constantly be changing. And that person's going to be like, why are you changing? You know, like you're changing on me. Like what's going on here. And they're going to, they're going to slowly start to get you to re- like, try to stop, stop changing. And that's, I honestly believe that's the most dangerous thing that you could, you can honestly get it involved in is because, you're trying to better yourself and then you're surrounding yourself by people that don't want to change. All right. And I've done that hundreds and hundreds of times. All right. And I, I had to get to a point where I had to tell people to stop it. Right. I had to be like, Hey man, like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be like this. And either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, yo, there's the door dip out. Right. And even though it's, it sounds, you know, it's, it sounds terrible, but like you got to protect, you got to protect yourself, man. That, and that's what it comes down to. You really got to protect yourself because I'm telling you, like the world, if you just take five minutes and, and go pay attention to the way people act and, and what they do in their life, it's all average. It's all mediocre. It's all mediocre. Or um, I said that wrong. Mediocre. Screw it. it it's all average. <laughs> all right. We're going to be trying. I'm going to be trying to say that word for a while, but it, it's all mediocre. It's all average. No one wants to do anything. No one wants to better themselves. And then they're going to complain that they don't have anything and they don't have money. They don't have this. They don't have good relationships. This person doesn't want to help me. Um, cause, cause you're relying on one connection, right? Um, so you want to better yourself, but understand that people around you are probably not going to change. Right. Uh, and you got to do whatever you can to help the people around you to change and better themselves. But at the same time, if they're not going to want to change, they're not going to change. All right. So you got to be careful, like how much time you're spending with certain people. That's what it comes down to too. Um, but that's a whole, like, that's a whole nother segment that we could probably get into, but, um, that's building loyalty. I'm going to try to go to the next one. So the next one is, are things really too late to change? And this one's a great one to talk about because this is where I'm going to tell you about what happened to me this morning, uh, which is related to accounting class. Now, what ended up happening was the teacher, right? Um, all right, before I get into this example, let me tell you like what this really means, why I wrote this thing down or this topic. Now, the reason I wrote down, um, are things really too late to change is because constantly I've had the, the issue of um, something happened and I'm like, oh, like, uh, or, or I didn't do something. And I'm like, can I really go back and change that? Like, it's, is it too late to go change that idea? Is it too late to go talk to this person? Is it too late to go fix this? Is it too late to do that? Right. I, I think about that a lot sometimes. I'm like, you know, I, I should have done this at age 18 or 19, but is it too late to go do that? And is it, is it, can I manipulate it and change it or do something? Right. So, um, uh, in my mind, I don't think anything's too late to do. I, I, I honestly believe that it's not too late to change. I don't think it's too late to help other people. I don't think it's too late to, to go back and maybe do something that maybe you wanted to do five, 10, 20 years ago. I think everything is possible. And um, I don't think it's ever too late to go and do it or change it or go and, and go do it. Now, the thing that happened to me this morning was um, my teacher, my accounting teacher, uh, we, we did this one, this one class. Now the homework wasn't due for two weeks. We we're like halfway through the, the two weeks. 
and we went to class and no one knew how to do the problems that she was putting up on the board. So of course the teacher got frustrated. The teacher said, um, you know, I'm going to change the homework till to like tonight. And I'm like, damn, yeah, I got to work until si like six, seven. I got, I want to do a podcast. I, I got to do all this stuff. Like, I don't, I don't have time to do this right now. It wasn't on my, my to-do list. So when I went on there, she didn't change it. It was still like April or whatever on, on other assignments. And she normally groups all the homeworks together. All right. All the homeworks are due on the same day. Now what happened was she changed the homework date. Didn't tell anyone, didn't put an announcement out, didn't do anything. Um, and I missed the homework and I got a zero on the homework and I was pissed because I'm like, I really need a good homework grade to cancel out any of the bad test grades. Right. So I'm like, that's an easy A. And it was like, the, it's one of those, it was one of those um, assignments where it's so easy. It's such an easy given A that it pissed, it pissed me off completely. I was like, I was like, damn it, yo. Like, of course the teacher did this. Right. And I'm automatically going into uh, the victimhood. And I'm like, I'm like, damn it, yo, she changed it. Now, like, if I don't do well on this test that I just took, I'm going to be really pissed. And I wanted to use that, by the way, to study for the test because it was all like the, the multiple choice questions that were going to be on the test. So I'm like, damn it, now I can't study, right? I'm going to all this negative stuff, all right? What ends up happening is I wrote her an email two nights before, uh, before it was due. And I'm like, hey, I don't think it's fair that you changed this date. Every single other homework has always been grouped together. You can even look it on like the assignments. Like every single homework has been grouped together. I don't think it's fair that you just changed it. And I'm like, um, I, if you can reopen it, this is my last test. This is like my last class to get my two-year degree. And I'm like, I'm going to pass your class with or without you opening it. But I'm like, uh, if you could just open it up for like another day or whatever, I'll, I'll get it done right away. Right? So what ended up happening was I missed the email that she sent. I missed the email and she opened it up for two more days and I missed the email and didn't do it. And, and I'm, and I woke up this morning and today's uh, today was uh, what do you call it, the fourth. She opened it up until the third, which is yesterday. And she does it at 11 PM. All right. So the, the assignment closed out this or last night at 11 PM. And I didn't look at the email until this morning. And I'm like, I'm like, damn it, yo, she gave me two extra days. I didn't see the email. And I'm like, I'm still going to get the zero. And the funny thing was I told myself in that moment, I'm like, all right, that was 110% my fault, right? I took ownership of it. I was like, 110% my fault. Um, you know, it's my fault. I can't ask her to reopen it. Like she's not going to say yes. Right. I went into the negative, right? Right after I, I did the right thing by taking ownership of what I did, but the wrong thing I did, which I'm going to pass to you guys is I automatically went into the negative, the negative mindset of, oh, she's going to say no, it's not even worth doing. Like, I'm just going to take the zero, right? And I listened to this motivational tape in the morning when I was in the shower and getting ready for work. And, it, and, I, and I thought to myself, like, what am I doing, yo? It can't hurt to ask her to reopen this assignment, all right? It can't hurt. She's probably going to say, no, I extended it for two days. It's your fault that you didn't see the email and you didn't do this. But I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? She'll reopen the assignment, right? She'll reopen the assignment. And then I'll just be able to take it, get the easy A, and the worst that happens is she tells me no, and I'm stuck in the same situation that I'm in, right? So what happened is, what happened is um, I, drive to, I drive to school, and um, I'm like, hopefully she's in a good mood. She ends up teaching for the hour, and um, the whole entire time I'm telling my, you know, I'm still kind of a little negative when I was going in, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, I can't tell her I missed the email. Like, I can't tell her I did this. And I sit through class, and it was like the most energetic class that she's ever done. 
right? It's ra- by the way, it's raining as I'm going to class. And I'm like, oh man, like now, like now I'm not really happy, right? Because like whenever it rains, I'm like, I get sad. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, this is going to suck. Going to class, it was one of the most, it was probably the best chapter that the, the, t- the professor did. And uh, the professor was extremely happy the whole entire time she was teaching the class. And me and the, this other kid, uh, the kid Lewis in the class, were like engaging with her, right? We're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. I know what that is. Like, yeah, all right. And like the whole entire time we're engaging. Now, the reason I was engaging too is because like I wanted her to see like I was engaging with her and then she'd open up the, the test grade again at the end, right? So I get to the end of the class and I'm like, and I'm like all right, I talk myself to go up to her and, and, and talk to her about the um, assignment. And I go up to her and I'm like, hey, and she automatically, this is how good like of a lecture she did. She automatically came up to me and was like, so how'd you like, how'd you like that chapter? How'd you like the lesson that we just did today? And I was like, oh, it was great. Right. Um, I, I smiled at her. I was like, oh yeah, it was great. Like great chapter. Yeah. This is like my favorite. This is my favorite class today. Right. Like today was my favorite class out of all your other classes. Right. And, uh, cause I'm trying to hype her up. Right. I'm trying to pitch her. I'm trying to sell it. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, by the way, I'm like, I know you extended the homework for me two days. Like, you know, you gave me a two day advance and I'm like, I'm really sorry. I just been working. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'm like, but I'm going to work. If you could just open it tonight, I'll get it done at seven or 8 PM right after work. I get off work at six 30. I'll go right home and I'll get it done at like seven 38. And she was like, she was like, she's like, she's like, all right, I'll do that. She's like, but just send me an email. Right. Just send me an email and I'll open it up for you tonight and just get it done. And I'm like, I'm like, hell yeah. And, 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 and it changed my whole mood by the way. Right. And the reason, the reason I wanted to bring that up to you guys is because I, in the beginning, when I woke up, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I, I completely told myself it's not worth asking the teacher again. It was my fault. I missed the email. She's going to give me too much shit for missing it. And she's not going to reopen the assignment. And I automatically, my mind, my brain, the person that's telling you to have the positive mindset automatically um, said, you know, it's not even worth going and asking this teacher um, to reopen this assignment. She already gave me the opportunity. I blew it. I didn't see the email. Um, she's not going to, she's not going to do it. She's not going to open this up again. Right? So the point that I'm trying to make to you is it's never too late. It's never, ever too late. The reason why it's going to be too late is because you're going to give up. You're not going to attempt to do it. Your, your, your brain's going to automatically tell you not to go and do it. All right. And, uh, and the, and the crazy part was like, it ended up being like, it ended up being completely perfect. It ended up being, um, it ended up being completely fine. And, uh, but, um, but the, but the point that I'm trying to make to you is like, just go do it. It's never too late. Like if you, if you have someone on your phone, let's say, and, uh, you messed up, right. You messed up in the friendship or something and, and you have a phone, you know, in, in the phone, you have their, their number still. And you're, and you've been telling yourself, you know, it's been, it's been stupid that we're fighting. I should give this person a call. But every single time you look at the number and you're like, I'm not going to call that person. Just call the person, right? You just got to do it. That's all I can really say is like, you just got to do it because your mind, if you give yourself too much time to go and do it, your mind's going to automatically tell you like, it's impossible. Like I can't do that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to go my way. Right. And like, I could go for anything you want to, you, you've been looking at this opportunity with this company for a year. All right, a year, and you're like every single time this job opportunity opens up, you're like, I really would love to be in that marketing department. I really would love to be in that um, communication center. I really would love to go do this, 
and you're waiting and waiting and waiting for the perfect time when they're, they're really, the only perfect time is now. You take action now, never later, never in the future. Because over time, your mind's going to just be like, oh, it's not even worth it anymore, right? So you got to do it now. But the thing that I'm trying to tell you guys is it's never, ever too late to change something. It's never, ever too late to go back and try it. Um, the worst that happens is you fail or you get a no, right? Like you've heard this all the time. Like even when you're trying to ask a, a girl out or you're trying to ask a guy out or uh, you're trying a relationship and people are like, oh, you're like, it's not going to work out, right? Um, anything, right? Oh, you're going to take that, uh, that math class and it took me three times. So it's going to take you probably three times to do it. And like, you're probably not going to pass the first time. Or, uh, you know, I can, you know, you're automatically going to go into that, that state of mind of like, I can't do this right? Like your brain is just programmed to do that. Um, and that, that's proven. Like you can even go look that up on, on different stats or, or facts or whatever you go and get your information, just look that up online. It's proven that your brain has automatically designed to go to negativity and not positive stuff, right? That's why everyone's so attracted to the news. That's why everyone's so attracted when a car accident happens, right? You ever go in and um, you're on the highway or you're on a, a street corner and you see, you see it like all the traffic's backed up and this happens all the time on the highway down here in South Florida. The traffic's all backed up. It's about seven miles backed up of traffic and you get to the accident scene where you think like it's going to be this massive, massive accident and there's like a two car collision and it's not even that bad. You know why it was seven miles backed up? Because people are so attracted to negativity that they're looking at the accident. So they have to slow down so they don't smack into the person in front of them, right? When they could have been doing the, the 65 mile an hour speed limit, but they have to go so super slow because they have to see what's going on, right? They're so attracted to negativity. They have to go see what's going on with that car accident. It has no business of their own, right? That, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's all negativity, right? And, and you're automatically drawn to negativity. Just uh, go, go, go put yourself around someone that always talks about the news and you'll be fast. You'll be like, oh man, like I didn't know that happened, right? You're, you're automatically fascinated. Person told you, the person told you that the alligator ate the woman walking the dog. All right. I had that happen to me at work one time where the, we had this whole conversation about alligators because I saw the, my one, the one coworker saw someone got eaten by an alligator walking her dog. All right. So we're talking about alligators and like people getting eaten by alligators for like an hour or like half an hour of the day, right? Why, why are we doing that? Because now we're fascinated by the story that he's telling us because it's all negative, right? There's nothing positive about an a alligator eating a woman walking her dog, right? So the, the point that I'm trying to make to you is like start trying to point it out. It's sometimes it's so hard to point out because you're so caught up in stuff and like you're not really trying to filter you're not trying to filter out positive and negative uh, experiences and um, events that are going on in life and, and, and stuff. And most people that you talk to are going to talk about negative stuff. They're not going to talk about positive stuff. All right. Um, but yeah, so are things really too late to change? I 110% don't think it's ever too late to change. All right. I don't think it's ever too late for you to go back and try something. I don't think it's ever too late to go and talk to someone that you wanted to talk to. Um, even if that person denies you and denies you and denies you and denies you. Um, uh, there's a, there's a saying where there's a saying where it normally takes five to six times at least minimum. Sometimes it takes more minimum five to six times 
to get someone to do something that you want them to do or sell them or uh, get them to notice. You've got to do something five to six times to them, right? So if I wanted a girl to notice me, I'd have to go up to her five or six times and keep trying to pitch her, pitch her, pitch her, right? Until eventually she notices me and then I get an opportunity to go on a date with her or like do something, right? Um, so uh, that, that's what you got to understand. Like, and that's why they say like, um, like rejection is not a bad thing. Cause like you have to go through the rejection portion of things in order to get to what you want to get. There's no going around it. You have to go through rejection in order to get what you want. So, um, things are not too late to change. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to put in, put in, you know, put the work in to say basically. Um, uh, I might try to give you one more example. I'm going to done deal investments. I'm trying to think, um, uh, things that are not too late. I can give you an example of, um, I can give you an example of my one friend. I reached out to him. I, I didn't talk to him for months. All right. Um, something happened where like, I kind of got, it was kind of, I kind of consider it a little bit of my own fault. Uh, I got jealous basically. All right. Jealousy is not, you know, I should definitely talk about jealousy on one, on one of these podcasts, but I got kind of pissed off because every single time I made plans with my one friend, He'd be like, oh no, like he'd be like, yeah, let's go. And then I'm waiting, waiting, waiting to go out with him. We'd get to about an hour to a half an hour. And I'm like, all right, yo, like what's the plans? Like, are we going here? Are we going to do this? We're going to do that. I'm all, I'm all ecstatic, right? Oh yo, I got to go out to dinner with my girlfriend. Oh, I got to go with my girlfriend. I got to go with my girlfriend. I got to, and I'm like, dude, like you see your girlfriend every single day. You can't make an hour or two hours of time to like come hang out, even though you agreed to go hang out. Right. So I kind of got pissed and I said, he's not. I said, he's not making time for me. Like, fuck, uh, like, fuck this and, and a uh, lack of words. And I was like, you know, I'm just not going to talk to him. Right. I'm like, I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. I'm like, I'll probably see him cause he's in, he's in the group of friends. Um, and I, like, like trust, I was, and I'm, 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 I was really close to this person by the way. And I was like, you know, I, I got to start eliminating, I got to start eliminating people that are not good. Right. So I ended up not talking to him for about months. Like I'd probably say like four, maybe five months. And what ended up happening was one day I was going to, I was going to school. This happened recently. This happened about like three or four weeks ago. And um, I ended up going to class and his name popped into my head. And I said, you know what? I'm preaching about positivity. I'm doing all this stuff. And I said, I said, uh, I said to myself, you know, and, and why am I pissed off at this person? And I thought to myself over something stupid because he wasn't showing me attention. And that's something I get, I, I, I like basically preach all the time. Right. So I make mistakes too. So like, just let you know, like I'm not a perfect person, but the, the thing is like, I, I see things as I'm telling you guys things and that, and that it also helps me reinforce stuff. But, and I told myself, you know what, yo, like, yeah, we were great friends, like still very, like still very, um, he's a person that's really tight into my uh, connection of people. And I'm like, you know, I do miss him and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what, boy, you know, boys are going to be boys. Like, and that's the cool thing with guys. That's why I like hanging out with guys most of the time, because there's no drama. It's not really like, um, you know, if something happens, uh, we just say, oh, it's whatever. And we move on. Right. But, um, I hit him up and I haven't talked to him in five or six, six months. And I hit him up and I, and I write to him and I'm, and he's leaving by the way to go uh, serve in, um, the army, United States army. And I've, I've been hearing different things from different people. And they're like, yo, he's going to the army. Like he's leaving in the next couple of weeks. And I'm like, like my opportunity is now or never. And I hit him up and I write to him and I'm like, you know, like, uh, yo, like 
I'm like, I'm sorry for being, you know, a dick basically. I'm like, um, brother, brothers will always be brothers and brothers will always find their way home. Right. And I, and I was like, you know, I, I hope, you know, I'm so proud of you for going into the army. Cause he's been talking for years about doing this guys. Like he had a lot of things that he's trying to get through to get into, uh, he wanted to do, um, he, he wanted to be in the Marines. Uh, something happened where the Marines wouldn't take him and it was cause he wasn't in good physical condition. He couldn't, you know, he, he's like, he's like one of the fittest people I know, uh, like ripped. And, um, what ended up happening was like he had some kind of thing that he's working out with. Uh, sorry, guys. He was working something out with the Marines. They couldn't get him. So what happens is that's the highest you can go. So then he had to go into the Navy. Uh, the Navy kind of did the same thing to him. And so like he had to go down to the Army. So what happened is now he's going into the Army. And um, I hit him up and I'm like, I'm really, so, I'm, I'm so proud of you, man. Like that you're going out and you're doing what you said you wanted to do for like years at a time. You didn't quit. Like you're going after it. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going. Um, he said he has like three more weeks of training and then they're shipping him out and he's going to go serve as an army, United States army, um, like a, a soldier, like a foot soldier. And I was like, you know, I'm so proud. Like, you know, when you come back, cause I don't know how long he's going to be out there. Like I'm pretty sure contract, you got to sign a contract. So I'm sure he's going to be out there for at least minimum of two years. Right. And then, um, at least minimum of two years, maybe even four. And then he'll come back. And I don't know if he comes back in between. I don't really know how that whole thing works, but I told him, I said, when you get back, you need to hit me up so we can go hang out. And I want to hear all about it. Like I want to hear about your experiences. Cause I'm like, that's crazy, man. Like it's, it's going to change your life. Right. Uh, it's going to completely change his life. 180 degrees. So I'm like, I want to hear all about it. So the point that I'm trying to tell you is it's never too late. Right. Um, I, I didn't talk to him for six months, maybe even seven months. I went on with my life, started doing my thing. And uh, we caught up like nothing changed. All right. And in the whole entire time, and I was about to text him, I, I, I had the same thought of like, um, you know, it's, it's been six months, been seven months. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if he's going to tell me to like F off. I don't know if he's going to um, accept, accept it and we'll move past it and become better human beings out of the situation. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that if I don't do it and I don't attempt to do it, it's it, nothing happens. Like no change happens. Um, the what ifs happen and the what ifs are the worst because you're always going to tell yourself, well, what if, right? Um, and you're never going to know. And I'm a type of person where I want to know things. I don't want the what ifs. I don't want uh, uh, maybe this could have happened. I want it happened. I made it happen. And I, and I did it. I didn't wait. I, I took action, right? I'm an action taker, not a not a future seeker. Uh, well, I'm a future seeker, but, um, I'm not someone that waits around for like things to happen. I'm a person that goes and, and gets it done, right? I get shit done. But, um, so that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys is it's never too late. You guys can go in and change things, whether you wanted to do it 10 years, 20 years, uh, whether you think like it's, it's not going to happen. You won't know unless you go and try. So go out there, go change things, Go do uh, something that's going to impact yourself and other people. Now, I'm going to go um, real quick. We're going to do Dundeal Investments. I'm going to wrap this up because i got to do a bunch of things. Um, so Dundeal Investments really quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. It's going to be a fast pitch. <laughs> Just letting you guys know. Um, so Dundeal Investments, what it really is, is it's taking a distressed seller and putting it with an investor. And then like how this works basically is it's, I call it the three steps to financial freedom. Now, the first step is you have to contact me. 
all the information is in the description. So um, you go there, like email me, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any way you want, I have a contact for it. Now, real quick, that's the first step. Second step is I'm gonna we're gonna set up an appointment to go to your house or your property, and I'm gonna bring an estimate, you know, like a sheet that has all the estimate stuff. So if you have broken windows, roof damage, mold. And then I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. So a total of 10 pictures. Now the reason for the pictures and the reason for the estimate sheet is so when I go and find you an investor, I don't have to have them come to your house. You don't have to have hundreds and thousands of people coming to your house or a thousand people at your property to go check it out. I just send them the pictures and I automatically send them how much it's going to take to, to, um, to put it into mint condition. All right. So, sorry. <clears throat> so from there, we go into step three. Now, step three, all it is, is um, I'm going to go and run comps in your neighborhood. We're going to go and find the three closest uh, houses in your neighborhood that have sold on the market in the last, like, three months, five months, whatever whatever we can find um, through data. And then, basically, from there, we're going to get the average price. Now, all we're going to do from the average price is we're going to deduct the, the cost to put your house in mint condition. And then, right from there, we're... Um, we're going to negotiate on it. So we'll negotiate on the price from that point and the terms. You have you got to live in your house for another three months, um, not three months, three weeks, or, you know, you have to do a couple of things before you can move. I'll work it out in that contract and then we'll both sign it. And then whatever investor I put on the deal is going to sign on to the paper as well. And what's going to happen is we're going to pay you cash, right? So we'll pay you the cash. You walk away with the cash, you'll go and find another property, get out of the financial situation that's um, that's a burden on you. And then if you need more resources, I can do that. I can give you real estate agents and um, what is it, uh, home inspectors, anything you need to move on to the next thing I can definitely do. Now, the investor is going to want to do this, obviously, because he is going to flip the house and put some capital into it, put it back on the market, and he's going to get full market value for the house and he's going to make a profit off it. Now, Done deal investments is going to make a little bit of money off the deal. And um, the investor is going to pay us the commission. They call it a finder's fee. Now, the cool thing about this is you, the seller that's in the distress situation, don't have to worry about paying me done deal investments. All right. The investor is going to do that. So that's the coolest thing. Now, um, this works real quick and then I'm going to wrap it up. It works for Anyone that wants to sell their house extremely fast within like seven days to a week, roughly, um, or I guess that is a week, seven days, uh, seven days to maybe like, I'd say like maybe 14 days. Um, you got to give me a little bit of time to basically go to your house, uh, run the numbers, uh, go and find the investor. Cause I'm going to have to make a couple cold calls and try to find an investor to put on the deal. Um, but overall what's going to happen is, uh, this works for anyone that wants to sell the house very fast and they need another resource. So it's really not for people that want to get full market value on their property. It's more, it's for people that are struggling, people that have pre foreclosures, the bank's about to seize their house, uh, liens on the property where, you know, every single week the, the, um, the city's tacking on more money and they can't get ahead or they can't get past the, the lien on the property. You're behind on back taxes and the, and the government's threatening to take your property um, job transfer. You don't have time to go through a three week process with a real estate agent. Um, you don't want to pay heavy, hefty fees for a real estate agent. Um, you inherited a house. You don't know what to do with it. And sometimes when you inherit the house, it's really elder, elderly people that just like passed away due to like natural, you know, natural health issues and stuff. 
what ends up happening is um, they normally don't take care of the property. Either they don't have the time, they don't have the energy, so they don't really keep up with the maintenance on the property, and then it, you end up not, you know, you don't get a lot of money for the, the house. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, if you're going through a very messy divorce, you don't want to go through that three-week process and, and hold on to the house, and you want to just sell it very fast, I can definitely help you with that. Um, there, there's a couple, there's a bunch of different ways you could use this, this resource, but mainly why I created done deal investments real quick is I, there's not another resource for homeowners or property owners. Uh, most of the resources you go to are a bank and the bank normally just gives you the mortgage or the financing. And then if you're behind on it, they just go, Oh, it's whatever. We'll just take more. We'll repossess the house. Cause you've already been paying us interest, right? If you're paying a bank on a mortgage, you're paying a lot of interest right over time because it's all accumulated interest and what ends up happening is um, you lose all that money you put into the house because if you can't pay the mortgage anymore they repossess the house and you lose all the money that you put into the house that you paid the bank back on and um, so and it, it messes up your credit so the whole point that I'm trying to make with this is um, I'm trying to give another resource to homeowners where like you don't have to go to a bank. You don't have to go to a sketchy uh, person on the side to go and do it. You can go to someone you can physically trust, someone that knows what they're doing, and someone um, that eventually can help you through more obstacles uh, with property, um, like home ownership and, and any properties that you might have where you're trying to you know, do the best you can with that investment. Now, what, um, what I'm trying to do, and then I'm going to wrap it up, is I'm trying to get it so we have home inspections, real, um, realtors, we have uh, financing where we can go and get you the best financing deal and have brokers um, and so on and so on and so on um, and just add different elements for homeowners. So it's all a one-stop shop. You don't have to go and find five other different contractors or five other different things. Dundeal Investments will have everything lined up for you. That's what Dundeal Investments is. Um, so... Um, that's why it's also called the slogan is where the deal's already done because I'm putting the deal together. I'm getting all the resources together and I'm basically doing all the legwork. So you guys just, you know, you basically relax and you just help me a little bit through the process and I do all the work. All right. And that's why it's called where the deal's already done. That's the slogan. Um, but that's basically done deal in a nutshell, right? Right now. Oh, another thing real quick is if you want a free home inspection, all right, you want a free home inspection, uh, they normally go for like $150, $200 roughly. Um, uh, what I'm going to do is right after this class, I'm going to try to aim for the next, in the next four months to five, well, I'm really going to aim for four months um, to get licensed in home inspections. Now I need, um, I just, I don't want money. All right. I'm going to work for free for a little bit. And then what all I'm going to ask you to do is at the end, once I send you that, the home inspection report and I come in and inspect your home and, and do your service, all I need from from you is um to give me like a free um a f uh, free review on like Facebook or Google um and just help me build the the business from the ground up basically by me just giving you a free service and you just giving me a review, all right? And then um and you can put your honest thoughts on there like if if I didn't do a good job you can put it on there but I just need to start building reviews and I need to start building some um some more clientele. Um, and I figured a free home inspection would be great. Everyone wants a, you know, everyone wants one, but they don't really want to pay the 150 or the $200. And then the home inspections are great because what they're going to do is, um, they're going to allow you to see what's wrong with your property. So you're not just blindly investing into different things you might not need. It's going to give you a full evaluation, a 39 to 42 page, um, report. That's going to be like, all right, your, 
your roof's about, you know, like 11 years old and maybe you can start considering like down the line to fix this. And it's, you know, um, or you have a water heater and it's way past the, the limitations and it's like, all right, it's going to cost you like a lot of money. Start considering like maybe somehow getting a new water heater. It's going to bust. Um, test the electrical sockets in your, in your house, everything, the whole nine yards uh, for free. All right. All I ask is for a review on Facebook. Now, if you want part of that, hit me up on the website, hit me up through all the contact information on Facebook, uh, go to my page and you can write me directly through iMessenger for Dundeal Investments, LLC. Um, anyway, just contact me and I'm going to put you on a pre, uh, pre-service list. And that's just so when I get in, when I get my home inspector's license, I'm going to start reaching out to that, those contacts through the list. And I'm just going to be like, Hey, I'm going to do this free home inspection. When are you available? What's the time frame? When can I stop by and just, you know, do the, the quick inspection. Um, and then we'll go from there. So if you want access to that, just reach out to me, whether it's www.dundealinvestment.com, whether it's hitting me up on my cell phone at 954-857-6450, whether it's emailing me at dundealinvestments at outlook.com, um, uh, whether you go on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, just reach out to me and I'll put you on a pre-service list. So once I get certified, I'll reach out to you in the next like four uh, four or four and a half months, basically, when I get certified in home inspections. I'll do it completely free, and you just give me a review, all right? So that's Done Deal Investments. Um, I'm going to wrap this up right now. So this has been episode 70 of Goals and Updates. Uh, my name's Tyler Dunn with Done Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Have a great rest of your week. Peace.